Can you hear me okay? I want to make sure I'm on. And... Yeah. <laughs> Brian, he reminds me when you switch places with somebody, you're all messed up. And, you know, yeah, we're all messed up. But we're okay. We're going to make it. Uh, thank you for your kind words, Brian. It is, it is a pleasure of mine to serve on the elder board and uh, get to know uh, the other guys. And uh, they, they really make me feel brand new again, you know. Um, um, they really stretch me in my faith, you know, as iron sharpens iron. So um, I've had uh, a long time to study, study the Scripture, and I've been just kind of marinating this in this for a long time, so hopefully it'll all come out just the way it's supposed to, I'll trust. Um, I do hope that you all had a nice Christmas, and uh, we've been doing a, a series, If Jesus is the Answer, What is the Question? Can I trust God with my future? Can I trust God with next week? And can I trust God with tomorrow or this afternoon? Worry, we all deal with it, but what do we do with it? How do we handle it? If we were selling peace of mind at the back of the service on your way out, how much would you pay for it? You know, it's the feeling of like slipping your mind and your body into a hot tub. It's that that kind of that ah feeling, you know, that you'd like to have, that, that peace that surpasses all understanding. Anxiety is one of those problems that gives birth to all other sins. John Piper says, think about how many other sins are connected to the root sin of anxiety. Anxiety about money will cause you to hoard or steal. Anxiety about succeeding will make you irritable or impatient with those around you. Anxiety about relationships will make you withdrawn or indifferent towards other people. Anxiety about what others think about you will make you lie or stretch the truth. If anxiety could be conquered, a mortal blow would be struck to many other sins. So think about the last time that you were worried. How did you react to other people? Were you irritable? Were you short-tempered, unloving? If we could only get a handle on worry, so many other sins would be dealt with. If we don't handle worry properly, it can become our master. So what do we worry about? I made a little list of the top things that we worry about, although I don't think many of us need a, for me to tell you, but just a refresher. Money for, money for many different reasons. The future, being accepted by others, going to the doctor, losing control, being separated from your family, not being able to have a child, or losing a child, failing as a parent, or being alone. The number one was being alone. A lot of people don't like being alone. And the list goes on. Chuck Swindoll said, Worry is assuming responsibility for things that are out of your control. And he said, that's pretty much everything. I've heard it said there are two things you should never worry about. Number one, things you can't change. Number two, things you can't change. I've heard it said that worry is, like, worry is one of the most widely accepted sins in the church today. And I think it's true. I think it should be classed with stealing. It seems to cause more problems. 
In the scripture that Pastor Brian just read, Jesus said three times, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Repeated words in the Bible are always important because the teacher is always trying to drive home a point. Jesus was saying, stop, stop, stop. It's a command. Jesus will never tell us to stop doing something without giving us the power to do it. Jesus taught the crowds in chapter 6, just before, in the heart of the Beatitudes. He said, he said, do not be like them, the religious leaders of the day, these Pharisees, which in Hebrew would mean separated ones. They were worriers, for sure. And they were worried about their power. They were worried about their position. They were worried about control. And they were worried about how people viewed them in the areas of prayer and fasting and giving. They looked to please men rather than to please God. And Jesus said, if this is why you do these things, then you have your full reward. Isaiah 29.13 says, you worship me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Jesus is teaching a new way to live, a life of faith and trust. Okay, so the setting for this hillside sermon, the large crowds, I like to always imagine when I read the Bible, I don't know about you, but I always like to have a mind picture. So there's large crowds wanting to learn from Jesus, at least curious onlookers, it was probably a nice sunny day. The birds were out. The flowers were in bloom. They were probably overlooking the Sea of Galilee. Jesus, the great teacher, the rabbi, says, verse 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you're going to eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is life, is life more important than food or the body more than clothes? So whenever we see, and you've probably heard this before, but whenever we see the word therefore, we do have to look to see what it was therefore. A word that makes us go back and already um, look at what's been written. So we will do that. Verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters. You will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus was talking about a divided loyalties here. They'll always be in constant conflict with each other. So where is your devotion today? How do, how do you deal with worry, anxiety, and fear? Will reveal your heart. Do you, run to, do you run to ask God for help in your trial? Or do you let fear call the shots? Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your time and your money? People will say, show me your calendar or show me your checkbook or your credit card statement and I will show you where your loyalty is. In this world, you will serve somebody or something. We, we cannot serve two masters. We were created to worship, to worship God. If things on earth are your master, then you must rely on them for your future. It's precisely at the point that we find the cause of anxiety. Things of this earth, are, they're here today and they're, they're gone tomorrow. 
When money becomes your master, you become its slave. There is a difference between concern and worry. Concern is something that owns you. And worry, concern is something that you own, and worry owns you. For instance, if you smelt smoke in your house, that's a reason for concern. You should probably try and track that down and make sure that everything's okay. If you can't fall asleep that night, thinking that your house is always on fire, then that's anxiety and that's fear. Concerns pro- concern prompts us to action, but worry, but worry is a waste of time and energy and it isn't good for anything. It is faithless, it's faithless and it's a lack of faith. So the word worry in the Greek literally means, there's two words for the Greek, it's divided mind, divided mind. We just finished studying the book of James and we learned that friendship with the world is hatred towards God. James calls those people double-minded. It's the same idea here, the double-minded. Verse 25, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you're going to wear. Is life more important than food in the body, more important than clothes? Look at or consider or study the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in bonds, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you much more, aren't you much more valuable than they are? Of course you are. You're way more valuable than they are. Back then in the ancient world, life, life was hard. I mean, a lot of the guys or workers there were, were day laborers. They, they might just pick up a day's work here and there, and most of them probably only had one set of clothes or two. I don't think they have the type of walk-in closets that some of us have, or everybody this morning probably got up and went to their closet, you probably had to choose from a lot of different things there. But back in the ancient world was different. In water, I mean, we can get, there's a water fountain out back, you can get a drink anytime you want. But as we just uh, sang, the woman at the well, you know, they had to draw their water. It was a lot different. Life was a little bit harder for them. It's different for us today. But I find that the worries are the same. We can have the same anxieties that, that they had. Verse 27, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Life and the value of life. The illustration of the birds, they don't re- sow or reap or store away in bonds, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. The point, the point is birds live day to day. They don't depend on God. To, they, do, they depend on God to supply their food just one day at a time. They get up early and they go to work and they do not store food for the next day. Who of you can, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? The answer is no one can. The famous Dr. Charles Mayo of the famous Mayo Clinic said, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system. He said, I have never known a man who died from overwork, but many who died from worry. Worry does not add a single hour. 
or it's, worry does not add, add a single day to our lives. In fact, it can, it can bring you in early death. Stress can be the silent killer. It's disruptive, it's unproductive, and it affects the way that we treat other people. It reduces our ability to trust God and it accomplishes nothing. Think about it. What have you worried about recently? Let you think about that for a minute. You know, I'm preaching to myself today too, right? I'm a worrier, <laughs> as I know a lot of you are too. But think about what you have worried about recently. Has it helped? Has it helped or changed anything? If it has, it's probably just made it worse. We need to pray. We need to trust God with our future. First Peter five and seven says, "Cast all your anxiety on Him." Because he cares for you. We need to know he does care for us. Does he care? Sometimes we think not. But of course he does. The Bible says not a single hair will fall from your head without him knowing it. He cares about your worry. I just want to go to uh, Luke's gospel in chapter 10 verses 38 through 42 right now. It's a familiar story to most of us but... I'll read this. As Jesus, was, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Better still, she says, tell her to help me. <laughs> we know that's not going to go anywhere good. So Jesus, Jesus turns to her and says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Martha has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Whenever we see this, this is just a, I can picture this in my mind, you know, um, Martha was distracted, she's getting all worked up, sort of like Thanksgiving Day, you know, trying to get things done and somebody's maybe watching TV, but here we have Mary sitting at the Lord's feet, which would be an unusual sight to have a woman at a rabbi's feet, but here she, she's sitting just clinging to, hanging on to every word. And Martha's just getting so worked up. But Jesus turns to her and says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better. Martha got distracted by all the things that she needed to do, preparing for the meal. And Jesus said, you are worried and upset about many things. When we get distracted or worried or anxious, we need to do what Mary did. We do need to sit at the feet of Jesus. We do need to pray, ask for direction, and ask for peace. Do you know that Jesus invites us all who are worried and distracted by many things to sit and rest in his presence, to hear his words of grace and truth, to know that we are loved and valued as children of God, and never forget he is your loving Father in heaven. Now, I know this isn't original, 
but I had to share it with you because it came to my mind. My mother used to say to me and her mother used to say to her, I know it's, and as, as I said, I know it's not original, but my grandmother used to say, worries like sitting in a rocking chair. You can do it all day and you never get anywhere. And uh, how true that is. And uh, where would we be if I didn't get into a little bit of wisdom from Charlie Brown, the two great theologians, Charlie Brown and Linus? <laughs> Where we won't stop the bad stuff from happening, but it, but it just stops the it it stops you from enjoying the good, as Charlie Brown says to Linus. That's for you, Pastor Brian. I thought I'd slip that in there today. <laughs> I know how much you love Charlie Brown. Uh, verse 28 through 30. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these, wasn't dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? If you ever looked at a flower closely, it doesn't even compare to the beauty of any garment you could ever find at TJ Maxx or maybe even your wedding dress and how much effort goes into those things. Just look back at King Solomon, as rich and as well-dressed as he was, he didn't, even, he didn't even compare to one of those beautiful flowers in the field Excuse me. And think about how long these flowers last. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. They're thrown into the fire. The point is, you are worth much more than a plant or a flower. What earthly father wouldn't want his son or his daughter to have clothing, to stay warm, no father would ever want his children to go without clothing. That would, that would be a disgrace. And Jesus says, don't, don't you have the faith to believe that? You of little faith? He didn't say no faith. He just said little faith. People say, you should stop and smell the roses. We should not only stop and smell them, but we should take a good look at their beauty and remember who created them. We have to be careful not to and take those basic necessities, food, clothing, and water, and have our lives center around them. God will supply all of our needs. So verse 31 through 33 says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus is repeating himself, but here in verse 31, he's saying he's going from don't worry to don't start worrying. Jesus, he says, don't you know, don't you know that worry blocks God's promises, his purpose, in his sovereign power, in the truth of his word? In other words, if, we, if we're not God-focused, if we're not focused on God, we're, we're focused on the worry, the what-ifs. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 14, the seed that fell among the thorns 
stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries and riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. Jesus teaches us in the parable of the sower of the seed. The seed, of course, is God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns, this was the seed that got choked out by life's worries, pleasures, and riches, which are the thorns of the world. This word, this word choke is a violent description. And if you can picture somebody being choked, it's nothing's coming out and nothing's coming in. It's a spiritual choking. Jesus went on to say that we don't mature in our relationships with him when these things get in the way. Luke 8.15 says, But the seed that fell on good soil stands for those with a good and noble heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a good crop. So back to Matthew. Matthew 6.32 you keep up with me there? Matthew 6.32. Unbelievers run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Jesus says unbelievers should fight against worry, worrying about their daily needs. Notice that it says your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So when you feel... Oh, you still going? We're good, thank you. When you feel anxiety or worry knocking on, the heart, on your heart's door... What do you, where do you run to? What do you do with it? I hope and pray that we should develop spiritual muscles so that when we, we have anxiety and fear that we'll immediately go into prayer, ask God for help. I know this is particularly hard for, for some people, the lowering of our pride. We have to have a lowering of our pride and this takes humility. Remember, God knows your heart better than you do. I'm not talking, I just want to say that I'm not talking about post-traumatic stress. I know some people do suffer from that, and I know it's real. I realize that some of us need professional help in addition to faith and prayer. I'm not making, I don't want to make light of horrible experiences that people have. I'm just emphasizing we need to rely on God through it all. And whenever people, whenever, whenever we couple professional help with, with faith, all things are possible with God. And we can be comforted and healed. I recently um, took a trip to Colorado and um, went there out there for a wedding and... Um, we were just about to take a little cruise through the Rocky Mountains, and um, we stopped at a gift shop. And um, we were in the gift shop. It was just uh, funny how God works, but I was looking out the window, and I could see how God was bird feeding the birds through the window. They had a big bowl of food, and uh, I said, wow, that's cool that, that God's feeding the birds through the person that owned the store. And, um, and I looked, and there was a bowl that was on the counter, and uh, I don't know if it's up on the screen, but it was this little, this little doll, and there was a little writing next to it, and it said, this is a, a Guatemalan worry doll. And it says, according to the legend, Guatemalan children tell their worry to this doll, and then they place the doll under their pillow, and the dolls help take your worries away. And then I was, um, 
I was on my, work, my job site recently and there was, a, uh, there was another gentleman there and he, he just started talking to me. And he said that, uh, you know, my daughter's been to the nurse 50 times. He just got off the phone, but he said, you know, my daughter's been to the nurse 50 times this year. I said, she's been to, the, been to the nurse 50 times this year. Why? Well, she takes tests in school and she gets um, really anxious. She needs to have the, the test graded right away. And... Um, and I said, has she been to the nurse's office 50? Yeah, well, she gets a stomach ache, you know? She gets a stomach ache and uh, she gets real sick. <laughs> so I think that anxiety can be contagious sometimes. We have to be really careful around our children with uh, handling anxiety. I think that, I don't know if you've ever been around an anxious person. Like my wife was anxious for me this morning. She, was, she had to go out and shovel all the walkways and do her thing. <laughs> she, was out, she was out doing her thing, but... Uh, Anxiousness sometimes can be contagious, you know? So verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. What, this, what is this meaning of these things will be added to you? Well, everything that we need. And when he says that everything will be added to you as well, that means come alongside. That just means come alongside. And when he says that all these things will be added to you as well. We don't need to worry about those, those things he talked about. The food, the clothing, the drink. He'll supply everything that we need. So seek to look for, to look for something, to find something, to strive after. I'll bet if you lost your wedding ring or your wallet, or even worse, your cell phone, sheer panic would... Sheer panic would set in. Now, some of you are probably laughing because I know you've lost your cell phone before. That is anxiety. Um, you'd probably search for it or you'd probably seek it with all your might, that item of value. And um, I got to throw my wife under the bus again here. So, but anyways, but when we were, when we were in Colorado, we, we, got out of the, um, we got out of the rent-a-car we took this long shuttle to Denver International Airport and my wife turns to me when we get to the airport, she goes, you're not going to believe it, I left my cell phone in the, in the uh, rent-a-car. <laughs> well, yeah, that's sheer panic. <laughs> if I could take all your cell phones now, you know what I'm talking about. Um, well, anyways, the point, the point is seeking after the kingdom of God. Would you seek after the kingdom of God? with all your might, like you'd seek after that cell phone. So we, I looked at my wife and said, we're not leaving without that. That's important. We got to get that. So seek, seek the kingdom and his principles and his truth. Obey him, obey the Lord with the best of your ability and leave the consequences to him. Seek righteousness. We are a work in progress. And as we seek righteousness, we mature over time. Seeking righteousness, staying right with God, confessing a known sin, doing what is right, and having the confidence, in having a confidence that we are right with Him. As Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lead not to your own understanding, but in all ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. In Matthew verse 634, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not worry about tomorrow. It's just simply not here yet. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about the what may happen or the what-ifs. God will help you deal with, the, with whatever problems may arise when tomorrow comes. In other words, keep it in the day. In closing, I'd just like to turn to the, the book of Philippians. As I get stressed out from time to time, um, one of my go-to verses is Philippians 4. Verses 6 and 7, Paul says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Take everything to God in prayer with thanksgiving. Paul gives thanks, and let's remember when Paul wrote Philippians he didn't have his freedom. He was under, at least he was under house arrest or in prison. So. But he had, good, he had reason to give thanks. Guard your, guard your heart. It's a military term like soldiers surrounding a city. Guarding your hearts from attack. God will guard our hearts from attack. Paul said in Philippians 4, 12 and 13, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. If you still struggle with worry from time to time, take heart. Even Paul had to learn the secret of being content. He did not let the circumstances control his contentment. He knew what it was like. He knew that he was in God's perfect will. That's what gave Paul his contentment. Philippians 4, 19 and 20. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To God and our Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I just want to end with this question. What worry is trying to divide your mind today? What worry are you faced with? What worry is trying to divide... I'm sorry. You fill in the blank, whatever it may be. Trust and pray and learn to be content as Paul did. I've heard it said... I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. So I'd like to invite Pastor Brian up. He's going to, well, actually, no, I'm going to close in prayer. Thank you very much. (laughs) Would you join me in prayer? Father, thank you so much for today. And I pray over these, your people. I know they have worries. I have worries. I pray, Father, that we would go into our prayer closets and present our request to you because you care for us. Let us cast our burdens upon you. Father, help our wills to align with yours. Give us the strength and the endurance to face tomorrow. Help us to live one day at a time, taking one moment at a time. 
In Jesus' name, amen.